Well, hello everyone. Uh, my name is Lauren and welcome to the Art of Flourishing podcast. I'm very lucky today to be joined by Lydia Epic. Lydia is an Amazon bestselling author, a lifestyle coach, a speaker and advocate of thriving families. Her mission is to help working moms from all walks of life discover their unique brand of joy and fulfillment. She's a thought catalyst and creator of Spark, a workshop that helps women rediscover their why that is hidden in their personal stories. She currently lives just outside of Memphis, Tennessee with her amazing husband and two young creators. Lydia, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. Very excited to be here. Awesome. Well, let's jump straight into it. Um, Lydia, why don't you go ahead and share with us a little bit of your life story? Where does it start um, and what got you to right here in this moment? Yeah, for sure. So uh, I always like to share a little bit of background because I, I feel like depending on your culture or how you grew up, um, you may be able to relate to this. In some cases, you might not. So my family is from Ghana. I am Ghanaian-American, and I am an immigrant kid, basically. So I was the first in my family to be born and raised here in the States. Uh, something that's really unique I feel to our family and even to my family's culture is the importance and the emphasis on education. Um, and part of that plays out, uh, especially when you're young, where there's this expectation that when you grow up, number one, college is not even a question. It's just what we do. Uh, and number two, that if you're going to go to school, you're going to become a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer. And I became an engineer. <laughs> so um, there's very much that kind of uh, underlying culture that I grew up in. But even in that space, right, where it could feel like it's very rigid and very restrictive, I was blessed and fortunate that I enjoyed learning and I enjoyed becoming an engineer. So it didn't feel like it was uh, a fighting for acceptance. But at the same time, there was very much a sense of, I am doing this because of status or because of achievement alongside purpose. And so with that, when time passed and now I'm married and I have my own children, I was realizing, you know, part of my value set just naturally includes education. That's just there. And I recognized that I wanted to do things differently for my children. I desired for them to, to, yes, enjoy learning, and yes, to having the best education possible, but I desired for them to focus on creating a life of fulfillment versus a life of achievement. So what that then meant was almost a bit of a, not unraveling, but it was almost a, uh, how does one say, it was almost a unlearning process of what I thought education would look like or how I thought learning would happen and applying it in a whole new way. So that's a very large glimpse 
of uh, a little bit of my story. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, yeah, we, we have that. I'm not an immigrant's kid, but I'm raising them and uh, <laughs> can definitely relate to, yeah. um, you know, being in a situation where, you know, the, the things that you valued or the things that the people around you valued be like almost became yours, but are not really in mm-hmm. needing to kind of, like you said, relearn or deconstruct a lot of that, that doesn't fit, um, that doesn't fit you really well. Um, so thank yeah. you so much for sharing, uh, just like a part of your beautiful story with us. Um, mm-hmm. so Lydia, you are a contributing author, um, in the art of flourishing book trilogy. Um, and the book that you chose to write for or contribute a piece towards, um, is called on earth as it is in heaven. And so I was wondering if you could share with, um, me just a little bit about why you chose that book. Um, Mm -hmm. and second question like to tag into that is, uh, what does on earth as it is in heaven mean to you? Yeah. Oh my. So first being a part of this collaboration has been really amazing. I've just, being able to connect with other women who are desiring to flourish and to grow in their unique space in their unique spaces, if you will. And part of why I chose the primary reason why I chose the on earth as it is in heaven book within the trilogy was because of the fact that it speaks to the power of vision and it speaks to the power of, what happens when we live our life with our eyes focused on where it is that we're desiring to go and to take steps to actually allow that to unpack and to manifest itself in our current, in our, uh, in our present day, if you will. Mm-hmm. So for me, when I think about on earth as in heaven, what that means to me, that is living fully in our created purpose. Uh, One of my most favorite quotes is from Dr. Miles Monroe, where he talks about how one of the richest places in the world, we think it's the diamond mines of South Africa or it's the oil uh, fields of Iraq or Iran. And in fact, the richest places on earth are actually the graveyards. And it's unfortunate because it's all the the potential that was untapped that's in that space. Mm. All of the, creations that could have been made, inventions that could have been developed, of masterpieces that were never painted. And to realize that those are all opportunities, those are all invitations to fully experience. And when I say fully, realizing on this side of heaven, to fully experience all that we were created and designed to be, that's just, it's, it was very sobering when I first heard that quote, but it's very, it's very much a driver for me because so much of what I know is possible relies on purpose, having vision, having passion, having a life that is again, lives in fulfillment. It all starts with purpose. Mm. And when you choose to take out the time to discover it, to explore it, to, uh, to roll it around, to get comfortable with it, and then not be so focused on, well, what does culture say or what are these responsibilities or what are these other uh, kind of 
containers or boxes that we may feel like we need to stay in or feel comfortable in. It's breaking us out of all of that. It's saying, let's actually experience the full measure of who we are created to be. So that would be uh, on earth as it is in heaven and what that means to me. That's awesome. Um, What I heard you say, like my takeaway from just like what you said just now was um, that like, our, our what we feel like our purpose is really is just potential um like so much mm, like that, mm-hmm. that there is so much potent human potential wrapped up in human purpose um yeah and I think a lot of us are very intimidated by our dreams or our hopes for mm-hmm. the future um we're actually and like this is the, I kind of want to piggyback onto something else I heard you say or at least how I'm interpreting what you said was that um our dreams are invitations, um, opportunities, or I just love the word invitations. Like our dream, our hopes and dreams are invitations to fully experience all that we're designed to be. Um, yeah. And I was just like, whew, that feels so, that feels like soul treasure right there. Um, which kind of leads mm-hmm. me into like the next question. Um, would you tell us a little bit about what your chapter is about? Like, so you contributed a chapter to On Earth As It Is In Heaven. Like, what is then, what do you, what is the vision that you shared with us um, in your chapter, in your words? Yeah. Yeah. So continuing in that place of vision, uh, the, the format and the flow of the chapter I won't go into because that's kind of a fun thing. Uh, but in particular, what I was sharing was what happens if we create a space where we invite families to grow together in their purpose. Mm. And of course, for us as adults, that can feel a little bit uh, overwhelming. It's just, there's no time. You know, I've got meals to prep and I've got bills to pay and all these other things. And so there's all these, we can be easily bogged down and distracted in that regard of, of living out our fully expanded purpose and shining our light, right? Mm. However, our children, they give us uh, an opportunity to unlock that door, if you will. They Mm. are the ones that if we're willing to uh, present them with that opportunity to grow, that it in turn invites us to the opportunity to grow. Um, So it, the chapter is really about what happens when our children are given an environment where they can thrive and flourish in their purpose and how by not by proxy, because that's the part that I feel ends up getting really unfortunately missed. Um, We can sometimes think that, okay, if my child is growing and doing exceptionally well, then that's enough. Mm. But in actuality, where they see even greater growth is when we as their parents, we as their guardians and caregivers are growing alongside Mm. them. And so that's part of what I I talk about in the chapter. And that's part of what I desire for the reader to take away is the fact that whatever it is that you want for your child, you must first want for yourself. Mm. It needs to start with you. Uh, and, and yeah, so it's just realizing that, you know, we can create that space. We can create those opportunities and those invitations side by side and, and create a whole new normal, if you will, of what mm-hmm. it means to hunt for your purpose, to make space for your purpose and to create families that are 
living out that heavenly vision here on earth. Mm. Oh my gosh, I've got so many notes <laughs> written here. Um, okay, <laughs> so I just, okay, so what I'm hearing is just a vision, not just for children, but for families. And not just yeah. for families, but really for like our planet, I guess, our communities. Um, and that what you're saying is that what I'm hearing, like I'm hearing you go like, what if, what if families yeah. weren't just a container for, or a vehicle for survival, like mm -hmm. basic needs met, you have an education, good job. Now you can go and meet your basic needs some more, like by yourself. Um, but what mm. if we, what if families and the, I think what you, I'm hearing you say is that the relationships within the family unit, what if our, how we chose to live out family life became containers for, or what if family life was, and our family relationships were a catalyst for not just our children, but us as, as the adults, as the grownups, alchemizing potential into purpose or like lived into our lived reality and what kind of a world would we live in if we rearranged or reimagined family life um from just being about surviving the demands of our culture or surviving the demands of the world we live in but actually a vehicle for transforming it and making it a better place for, for all of us to live yeah you said it amazingly well. Yes. <laughs> I love yeah. that. I kind of got a bit emotional. Yeah. <laughs> and, and rightfully so. I mean, I know that this is something that, you know, you and I have talked about even before of just how powerful it can be to be in that place where family is. I mean, you just said it so beautifully that it, we move from families being basically a container uh, for survival to being places of of thriving and of being able to function it's, it's a catalyst mm -hmm. for every person yeah it's so mm -hmm. beautiful yeah what, what i love about that, what i love about that vision and i think um by extension the kind the work that you dedicate yourself to do to doing is that it i think it creates in a world that's really starving for meaning outside of material mm. material gain um and survival like just mere survival i think what i love about this is that we're not just saying uh just for you guys just for this family unit like let's let's be awesome and live to our potential it's like it's not a it's not a selfish striving you know um but it's it the vision is rooted in how our hopes and dreams are inherently good for the people around us and the communities that we live in and the world that we live in um and that yeah. potential that lives the potential inside of each of us not just our children us too um is actually a gift to the world around us as well um and so yeah, yeah i love that so much um yeah Thank you. Oh gosh, I can't wait. Um, I can't wait for people to read, like just read your entire essay or read your chapter. Um, because of course we're just like mm -hmm. just glimpsing at it. You know, we're just glossing over it right now. Um, I 
I wanted to find out from you, like, and this kind of tags onto kind of what we're talking about is, um, like the, the podcast is all about, uh, it's called the art of flourishing and we're here to kind of give people a glimpse beyond survival mode. Um, and so I was wondering if you could share with me just from your own life, your everyday ordinary life, like what moment or what part of your life feels like flourishing to you? Oh my, yeah. I love that question. Uh, so for me personally, and granted, I feel like there's a certain there's a certain level of this in everyone, right? Mm-hmm. For me personally, it those moments where I get to connect to my inner child, if you will, where I get to be curious and I get to build and create and dream and explore with my kids. So it could be something as simple as, for example, yesterday I received a puzzle as a gift and it's a 500 piece puzzle and I'm putting it together with my children. So my son who's four and my daughter who's seven and just the process of figuring out, you know, what pieces go where and how you start the puzzle. Do you start from the inside or do you do the borders and just seeing how their brains are moving and how their minds are moving and getting to ask them questions and we're creating something together. Those are the moments that are really just exciting. Mm. Those are really beautiful flourishing moments. Mm. Uh, And then in terms of what happens every day, just kind of is an absolute ordinary because puzzles don't always happen. I've got a four year old. (laughs) Mm. Um, Some of the, Uh, one of the things that we really enjoy doing and I plan on doing as long as I am physically able to, which means well into my nineties is my plan is to go on the playground. So when I take my kids to the playground, I am typically not the parent that's just kind of hanging back and just kind of doing my own thing, but I'm not the the helicopter parent either. Just, okay, are you going to follow? No, I am in there playing with them. Mm. So I'm climbing on things. I'm spinning around on things and we're just having a ball together. We're just having a blast. Mm. Um, And it's just being in that place where even in those moments that can seem very ordinary or benign and just very normal, each of those are opportunities of that expression of purpose to happen, Mm. right? And so, for example, with my son, he loves to serve. He loves to be around other people. He just absolutely, he's the one who will call us into a group hug. He's group hug. (laughs) So that is very much his nature. And so you see that even as he's playing. You see that as he's doing, you know, as he's building or creating or doing something. And with my daughter, she's adventurous and she's bold and she loves to just push herself to the edge of, okay, can I go all the way across on the monkey bars? Can I do this extra thing? And so that's part of her personality and part of her purpose in my eyes that that's unpacking there. So it's another place for me to be able to encourage them to highlight that about them and to build them up in in those ways, as well as giving them opportunities to encourage each other as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, the really cool part about being in this space where your life and your focus and your 
your being is really centralized on purpose is that it allows you to see other people's purpose and other people's giftings and to celebrate them Mm. versus feeling like if there's someone else who has a different gifting than you, then now all of a sudden that makes your gifting less. Or now you're in a place where you are envious or covetous of what it is that they have versus saying, no, that that's beautiful what they have. And I know that I have something beautiful too. So it's not somehow that any of us are missing out. If anything, we get to all function together and make a, a whole beautiful canvas together. Mm. Um, so I realized I did a little bit of a initial <laughs> 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 question. <laughs> Teaching moments. But I would say, yeah. Yeah, those those ordinary life moments of flourishing are about celebrating each other's purpose and having fun with it. Yeah. That's the yeah, I think, answer. I think I think what I what I hear you say and also what I know to be true about you from personal experience because we've we've gotten to we hang out some outside of these kinds of things um yeah. is that you like I think it sounds like you just enjoy your life. Um and you make the yeah. most of the opportunities that you have. Like, and I think a lot of us, and I think we may be conditioned in this way in our culture. Um, that's probably one of the biggest reasons. But I think we're conditioned for to look for or to only expect transformation, satisfaction, joy, peace, all the good stuff. To like, it needs to be big, grand, romantic gestures gestures from life. Um, big mm, accomplishments yeah. you know that but actually and this is one of the things that I think have become a like a oh wow like transformative um, awareness for me personally but I see this in you as well is that no it what we actually need is the ability to stay present to the moment that we're in and to see and enjoy and experience the goodness in in all of those moments and that what those kinds of experiences add up to a life that feels satisfying and joyful and peaceful as opposed to always looking beyond the horizon for something that's just out of reach or just a little bit bigger or just a little bit better than what you have um Mm -hmm. and i what i also love about what you just shared was that I think a lot of us, a lot of us, me, maybe some people listening to, uh, feel really daunted. Like we feel really daunted by maybe, yeah. or may feel really daunted by what you described, like your vision for parenting could be. And I'm imagining that some people mm-hmm. may listen going like, okay, but I really am barely surviving. You know, like I think I, I think surviving gets a three out of 10 from me right now. And we, again, because our culture has conditioned us to towards doing to obtaining gathering you know where what you're describing as a way of nurturing potential in your children and helping them release it and i think also maybe we can talk about purpose just in a second but what you're describing is just being present and noticing moment to moment to moment ways that you can bring their attention to who they are bring their attention to what's amazing about who they are um, and using every moment of life as an opportunity to express it. 
um, and maybe yeah. creating a family relationship or a parenting relationship where you welcome who your children are to the table, not just who you want them to be or what we think our culture expects them to be. Um, Boom. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I will say, I'm going to make sure to say this because I know that it can be very easy to, to listen to this or to read uh, to read the chapter, read the chapters, and I can only say this for me personally, and to get the impression of, oh, okay, you just, you basically wake up and there's birds that are just singing outside the window and the squirrels wave hello and it's just a beautiful Disney princess type day every single day of your life. No. <laughs> uh, if anything, the person that you described and even the person that I was describing of feeling just so feeling envious, feeling anxious, wondering if you're enough, all of those pieces, that was very much me. Mm. When I say that was very much me, it's not just that, oh, that's, no, that was very much me. Uh, part of what I kind of mentioned in the beginning in terms of having the, the expectation of doing well and moving in a particular, in a particular profession, yes, that is true. And like I said, being an engineer very much is something that I enjoyed doing. At the same time, I distinctly remember, and I can talk to uh, many people from from various parts of the country, and they will they will say the same thing that they were told growing up, especially as an African American, that whatever it is that you do, you need to always be in a position to prove yourself. So you've got to be ten times better mm. than everyone else to be able to say that you've earned your seat at the table, mm. right? And so when you're in that place where you're constantly pushing, you're you're always wondering, have I done enough? Is mm. there something else I'm supposed to be doing? Is it really going to cut it? It it created this place of just such great, um, just draining, just yeah. absolutely energy draining uh, of a life. And so at some point for me, the way in which that expressed in me was in a lot of anger it expressed itself in this frustration and it took the the gift that I have for helping people to see details. It turned it into a very nasty monster of criticism, mm -hmm. lots of self-criticism. And then of course, whatever it is that I'm doing my, to myself, I'm then of course doing to others, including my kids when they were small. And it was coming to a point where I realized one that's not who I was designed to be. That's not what this gift was designed for in my life. Um, and two, I get to choose now what it is that I do, that I can continue on this path of basically feeling like I need to show up and be superwoman all the time, or I can choose to release that and to just be Lydia, right. to just be me. Right. And so that process, when I say that whatever you want for your child must start with you, it's because that's literally what happened for me, was that I desired a better way for myself. And as I was desiring that better way for myself, when there's no way, I'm going to do everything in my relatively limited power <laughs> to ensure that my children have an opportunity to do things differently. I do not desire that kind of pressure or that kind of um, pain, that kind of insecurity on anyone. That's not who we were called or designed to be at all. 
So yeah, I just want to make sure to preface that, that it's not this thinking of everything is always idyllic, that no, mm. this is very much, it, it was part of a choice to live life present, to live life joyfully, because life is a gift. And I'm going to, I, I desire to leave this life on earth empty, having done everything that I could and having enjoyed every moment to the best of my ability. I love that. And I, yeah, I think, yeah, I thank you for sharing uh, just like your, your journey. And I, I've known you for just over two years now. Yeah. I will just like bear witness to, um, to the, the journey, the adventure and like Mm -hmm. that it is, um, yeah, I kind of, I feel a little bit lost for words right now, but just like that, that you're right. What we want for our world what we want for our children especially as mothers starts with us and we are not in a position to give anything that we don't already possess ourselves um and yeah yeah and i appreciate that um that you shared that all right so um i wanted to ask you how if you would share just a little bit about what you do in the spark program or the spark workshop um i've participated it in i've participated in it personally loved it um but i was wondering if you could just highlight just brief if you could do it briefly like what is spark what have you seen happen participants of that program and how can our listeners get in touch with you or connect with you outside of this conversation moving forward yeah yeah most definitely so in a nutshell spark is just that spark is a light it's an enlightening process to help you to see that your purpose is hidden in plain sight um i i i think of it the same way that you have for example you're standing in a room and it's dark And all it takes is just a spark, just a little bit of light to be able to figure out, wait, okay, am I going in the right direction? Where am I? What is it that's going on? And what I've loved about Spark um, was, first, it was something that I created and experienced myself, and it brought such great clarity to my own purpose and my own story, is that as that process was unfolding for others. So for example, like yourself, Lauren, and for others who went through the spark process, it helped them to recognize that even parts of their own personal story of their life's journey up to this point, that somehow may have felt like it was, they didn't understand the meaning. They didn't understand why certain things were the way that they were. They, um, just felt like their life was basically a whole lot of odds and ends all over the place. The spark process helps to basically shift the perspective and they realize, Oh, now I see how those pieces line up. Now I'm getting a sense of what's possible and what's really, what's potentially going on. Mm. And so, yeah, that's, that is spark in a nutshell. It is literally an invitation to take a moment to hold a light up to your life, to your story, and to see it in such a way where your purpose 
is right there mm. and you now get to choose how you how you play with it how you move with it how you express it I love that and I will testify um <laughs> bear witness to that because that <laughs> was my experience I experienced it as like really for the first time seeing the golden thread that connected all yeah. these what felt like really disconnected and honestly mostly really painful hard things how there was a golden thread running through all of them um and it helped me like be able to put my finger on it you know like just to grab onto that golden thread and to use it more intentionally moving forward um and maybe a different an, another metaphor it was like having all these puzzle pieces and not knowing how they fit together you know, like you just mentioned building a puzzle, like building a puzzle without a reference point mm -hmm. or a picture that shows how it all like fits, how it's supposed to all fit together. And so you kind of ad hoc do it. Um, but yeah, that, um, ex going through that process um, was almost like, oh, I think I can, I see the bigger picture of what I'm, I've actually been building all along and it helps all the pieces that the subsequent pieces that come across my path, it helps me to find a place for them um exactly so, so thank you for thank you for that work and thank you for putting it together and creating a container for it um that makes it really accessible to people um yeah all right for sure and that's like you did ask in terms of where to find it um oh, yeah go ahead yeah no worries so um so if someone wishes to grab that they can just go to my website that's www.lydiaepic that's epic with two p's dot com and uh, in the top portion where there's courses you'll see spark listed and then you can check it out and go from there or if you have additional questions and you just want to know a little bit more about how it could benefit you you're more than welcome to to reach out and thinking yes we have that same page just go to uh, lydiaepic.com and you'll have my contact information there Perfect. Well, Lydia, thank you so much for a wonderful, life-giving conversation as always. Um, yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you for sharing your dream for the world and for families um, in the Art of Flourishing book project. Thank you for today. Thank you for your friendship. Um, and I'm sure everyone who's listening will agree that it was a, a beautiful glimpse into what's possible um, for all of us. And um, I appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for being here. All right. Thank you. I am so excited and so honored to be a part of this project and very, very grateful for this opportunity we have to all come together and just create a beautiful, beautiful picture together. It's truly a masterpiece. I'm excited. Thank you, friend. I love you lots. Love you. Bye. Bye. Rogue Media Network Production. Mm -hmm.